Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we explore the absorbing insights of why zebras don't get ulcers by acclaimed author and stress expert Robert Sapolsky, a distinguished professor of biology and neurology at Stanford University and a recipient of the MacArthur Foundation Genius Grant. Sapolsky unravels the complexities of stress with wit and scientific rigor. His book, first published in 1994, serves as a guide to understanding the biological mechanisms behind stress, a potent survival tool that, when chronic, poses grave health risks. Delving deep into the subject, Sapolsky explains the stark contrast between humans and animals like zebras, which don't suffer from stress-related chronic disorders due to their life in the immediate here and now. He offers a wealth of practical advice for managing stress, making this book an essential read, not just for those who face stress on a daily basis, but also for readers intrigued by the intricate relationship between societal pressures, mental health, and physical well-being. If you ever wondered why your body responds to stress the way it does or are searching for scientifically grounded strategies to handle stress, why zebras don't get ulcers, promises a treasure trove of revelations. Whether you're feeling the weight of daily stresses or are merely curious about the mind-body connection, this episode will offer you a concise summary of Sapolsky's profound teachings and perhaps a little bit of relief from the pressures of modern life. Join us as we distill his wisdom into 20 enlightening minutes. Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, the acclaimed guide to stress, stress-related diseases, and coping. Introduction, Sprinting Through Life. Why modern stress is a game-changer for humans. In the modern era, stress seems to be our constant, uninvited companion. Advice on how to conquer it is everywhere, from tips on streamlining our schedules to esoteric wisdom on meditation. But before we can fight this adversary, we need to comprehend what we're up against. Stress, it appears, is far more than a fleeting feeling of unease. It's a complex phenomenon that can dictate our physical health and social well-being. Consider the zebra, unfazed by stress unless a lion is chasing it. In contrast, humans wrestle with stress on an entirely different level. Our sophisticated brains can generate and feel stress, triggered not just by immediate dangers, but by past memories and future concerns, a feature our zebra friends lack. These human-exclusive stressors aren't merely unpleasant. They have tangible, cascading effects on vital bodily functions, including our heart's health, the regulation of insulin, fertility, and overall vitality. As we dive deep into the workings of stress, we'll unpack the intricacies of its mechanisms and arm ourselves with knowledge to subdue its grip on our lives. What's on the horizon in this revealing journey? We'll explore stress's dubious honor of potentially making depression a leading cause of disability by 2020, probe into the disquieting link between socioeconomic status and stress-related illnesses, and unravel how a life filled with tension could set the stage for the onset of diabetes. Join us as we untangle the convoluted web of modern stress and chart a course toward reclaiming a life of balance and health. Part 1. Navigating the Maze of Modern Stress From Prehistoric Defenses to Futuristic Worries 
The clock ticks past midnight. The room is quiet. But your mind is a whirlwind of activity. That presentation in the morning has your heart racing. Why does this happen? Why does stress visit us at such ungodly hours? And what purpose does it serve? To find answers, we must look beyond humans to the broader animal kingdom. Stress, in its primal form, is a survival mechanism activated by immediate physical dangers. Imagine a zebra on the African plains. Its stress peaks when it's racing to evade a predator's lethal embrace. Conversely, a lion experiences stress when its survival depends on the pursuit of prey. These scenarios demand an urgent response. They are do-or-die moments when stress compels action. Some animals must endure the chronic stress of daily toil, such as migrating vast distances to find nourishment. However, for humans, stress often arises not from overt physical threats, but from the intricate labyrinths of our own minds. Modern life presents us with stressful scenarios that do not culminate in physical showdowns, the frustration of traffic, the pressing weight of deadlines, or the emotional dynamics of family disputes. Yet, these psychologically taxing situations can elicit a stress response as visceral as if we were the zebra fleeing for our lives. Moreover, humans have the unique capacity to stress over possibilities, over futures not yet unfolded. Will the mortgage be paid on time? What will happen during the job interview next week? Are our retirement savings sufficient? These concerns can conjure stress when they motivate us to plan and act. But when we're powerless to influence the outcomes that unsettle us, this stress seems futile, an evolutionary novelty that our ancient ancestors scarcely knew. Our odyssey through time reveals that while the stimuli have evolved, the physiological alarm system remains, often leaving us stranded with ancient reflexes in a world of imagined fears. Part 2. The Brain's Secret Control Room A Look Inside Our Stress Response System You're walking down a dimly lit corridor, your senses heightened, when suddenly, boo, a figure jumps out at you, your heart races, your senses sharpen, and you're ready for action. But behind the scenes, what orchestrates this sudden burst of aliveness? This orchestrated response comes courtesy of your brain's autonomic nervous system. Picture a highly efficient control room that's perpetually online, guiding a multitude of bodily functions you don't even have to think about. The blush that creeps up your cheeks, the pattern of your breathing, the autumn chill that raises goosebumps on your skin, or the spontaneous reactions during a moment of intimacy. Comprising two opposing factions, the autonomic nervous system is a study in balance and contrast. One part, the sympathetic nervous system, springs into action when danger looms or stress knocks on the door, putting us in a state of high alert. It's the system behind the jolt you feel when someone jumps out at you, sending signals to nearly every nook and cranny of your body, from your organs to the minute muscles at the base of your hair. Hence those telltale goosebumps, playfully remembered by med students by the acronym of the four Fs, flight, fight, fright, and reproductive behavior. The sympathetic nervous system essentially readies us for emergency maneuvers. In the opposite corner, we have the parasympathetic nervous system, the calmer, more restful twin, fostering activities that encourage relaxation and regeneration. 
Think of it as the nurturing force that puts the brakes on the heart's race and promotes all things peaceful, digestion, growth, and energy conservation. While your sympathetic nerves are like rapid-fire signals sent through precise electrical cables, the parasympathetic nerves are the slow, sustaining hum that brings you back to equilibrium. It's a dance of immediacy and delay, the heart thrumming to life in an instant of alarm, and then gradually unwinding under the soothing hand of recovery. Adding to this complexity, your brain dispatches hormones into your bloodstream as part of the stress response, creating a slower but more widespread impact. It's a brilliant system when in balance, but when stress hormones flood the body incessantly, this exquisite network can become skewed, leading to difficulty in both reacting to stress and finding our way back to a restful state. It's vital for our well-being to understand this interplay, to ensure the symphony of our stress response doesn't turn into a relentless, exhausting cacophony. Part 3. Stress's Balancing Act. Saving today could mean sacrificing tomorrow. You're packed and ready for a long-awaited getaway, but just as you're about to leave, you feel the telltale signs of an oncoming cold. Ever wonder why illness seems to swoop in just when you can least afford the downtime? This unfortunate timing shines a light on how our bodies prioritize resources in the face of stress. In the mammalian world, survival often hinges on muscle power, the ability to chase or to flee, and that requires energy fast. Bacteria can hibernate when food is scarce, while plants might evolve toxic defenses to deter grazers, but mammals have a different tactic, revving up their engines to procure food or to speed away from threats. To fuel our engines, our muscles, our bodies increase the levels of glucose and fats in our blood, quicken our heartbeat and breathing, and raise our blood pressure, rocketing nutrients and oxygen to where they're needed most. This high-octane response, however, comes at a price. The body deems certain functions too costly in the face of immediate danger. So, processes like digestion slow down, tissue repair takes a backseat, libido wanes, and even our immune defenses drop their guard. It's all about saving energy for the chase. Antler growth, sperm production, and fighting off minor infections can wait. Survival is the immediate priority. This urgency can also amp up our sensory and cognitive skills. Ever find yourself jumpy at the slightest sound when you're engrossed in a suspenseful movie? That's the stress response sharpening your senses, turning up the dial on your vigilance. But this system is not without its pitfalls. Prolonged stress that keeps our maintenance on hold leads to nothing getting repaired. Energy reserves dwindle. Fatigue creeps in. Risks of ailments like ulcers rise and we become more susceptible to infections. Understanding these natural responses lays the groundwork for exploring how chronic stress can impact our lives over time. It's about gauging the trade-offs between immediate responses and long-term health, ensuring we don't mortgage our futures for the sake of the present. And as we move forward, we'll delve into the long-term costs of our body's strategic decisions under stress. Part 4 the cardiovascular toll of stress, how chronic tension strains the heart and arteries. Imagine the chaos of an unattended garden hose thrashing wildly as the water powers through. 
Oddly enough, this image mirrors what happens within the human body under the pressure of stress, a phenomenon that, over time, can put our health at serious risk. In a state of stress, the muscles enveloping your veins contract, catapulting blood through your circulatory system with increased velocity. When this torrent reaches your heart, it strikes the walls with enough force that your heart, resilient yet responsive, contracts and sends the heart rate skyrocketing. To facilitate the swift delivery of energy to your tissues, your arteries widen, but this, in turn, demands that your small blood vessels exert more effort to manage the blood's distribution. Herein lies a damaging cycle. The body starts to build more muscle to steer this accelerated blood flow, causing the vessels to stiffen, upping the blood pressure, and necessitating even more muscle. The beat goes on, with each response escalating the situation further. The pace and pressure of this blood flow also ignite inflammation at the junctures where vessels branch out, the bifurcations. This inflammation sets the stage for blood clots to form, the tiny barricades composed of cell clusters that can obstruct smooth circulation. There's profound significance in the layout of our body's blood vessels. Virtually no cell is more than a handful away from one. So when these rogue clots break free and barrel through the bloodstream, the consequences can be catastrophic. They might lodge in a coronary artery, triggering a heart attack, or in the brain causing a stroke. It's clear that the heart and arteries bear the brunt of our physiological reaction to stress, an impact not to be taken lightly. Heart disease, a direct descendant of these processes, ranks as the leading cause of death in the United States. This underscores the perils of perpetual stress, painting a picture of how sustained tension can lead to life-threatening cardiovascular complications. Part 5. The Energy Crisis Within how stress-induced metabolic turmoil can ignite diabetes. We've explored the cardiovascular gymnastics that take place during stress, but let's turn our attention to another key player in this drama, energy transfer. Every cell in our body needs energy to function, energy that typically comes from our meals. But how does our body manage this energy under stress? When we feast, the body absorbs a surplus of nutrients, breaking them down into glucose, amino acids, and fatty acids, the building blocks of energy. These components are tucked away in storage depots like the liver and fat cells, ready for a rainy day. Stress is the signal that brings the downpour. It flips the switch, releasing these energy pieces back into our bloodstream, gearing up our muscles for action. Yet, modern-day stressors often don't demand the kind of muscular activity our bodies are preparing for. So, after the alarm bell rings and subsides, the nutrients make the round trip back to storage. Each cycle of this metabolic false alarm is a drain on our internal resources. If this happens too often due to chronic stress about daily hassles, our bodies end up shuttling energy back and forth needlessly, leaving us drained and fatigued. But the problem doesn't stop there. Constantly mobilizing energy in this way can set the stage for diabetes a condition where our body struggles to manage glucose levels properly, and it can manifest in two forms. Type 1 diabetes occurs when our immune system mistakenly destroys the cells that produce insulin in the pancreas. Without insulin, glucose uptake tanks, the body's energy levels drop, organs begin to falter, and insulin injections become a necessity. 
Type 2 diabetes arises when our cells become unresponsive to insulin, often due to an excess of body fat. Overfilled fat cells resist insulin's call to store more, leading to elevated glucose levels in the bloodstream. The pancreas pumps out more insulin to compensate, but the body's resistance only grows, which can eventually wear out the pancreas. In both scenarios, we end up with too much fat and glucose roaming free in our blood, a situation that favors the development of atherosclerosis, the thickening of artery walls. For individuals with diabetes, chronic stress exacerbates this condition, thereby hiking up the risk of heart disease, stroke, and an array of other health concerns. Part 6. The Shadow on the Brain How Stress Carves Pathways Toward Depression Chances are you'll know someone touched by depression within your lifetime, given its prevalence. A staggering 5-20% to might grapple with this consuming emotional storm. This leads us to ponder, how deeply does depression dig its roots into the human psyche? Depression, a malaise marked by a numbing inability to experience joy and an overwhelming sense of sorrow and guilt, can drastically alter the trajectory of a person's life. It's projected that by 2020, depression may become the world's second most incapacitating condition. Interestingly, the brain's response to stress shares an uncanny resemblance to the patterns observed in depression. Take the brain's pleasure circuits, for instance, which are typically fueled by the neurotransmitter dopamine. Stress can deplete dopamine levels, leaving us less capable of feeling delight in life's simple pleasures. In experimental studies with rats, this connection was made clear. Rats that could self-stimulate their brain's pleasure centers incessantly chose to do so, forsaking all other activities. But when these same rats were subjected to stressful shocks, they needed higher levels of electrical stimulation to achieve the same sense of pleasure. A testament to stress's ability to dull sensitivity to joy. This isn't the only parallel between stress and depression. Both conditions can lead to a state of learned helplessness. Picture rats in an electrified cage that teaches them to avoid a shock by moving to the safe side following a warning signal. If instead they experience unpredictable shocks, their trust in their ability to solve problems evaporates. They no longer seek to avoid even the predictable shocks. This mirrors the feelings of powerlessness seen in those with depression who lose faith in their capacity to change their circumstances. These findings point to depression as more than just a response to direct trauma. It can arise from the deeper issue of being unable to recover from stressful experiences. Understanding the intricate relationship between stress and depression is vital. It's not simply the intensity of stress that ushers in depression, but the prolonged wrestling with stressors without the resilience to rebound sketching a poignant picture of the shadows that stress can cast across our mind's landscape. Part 7. When Stress Intrudes on Intimacy The Impact of Tension on the Reproductive Dance The world sells us the dream of passion and pleasure, but beneath this glossy surface, sex, and our relationship to it, is often fraught with stress. Ironically, not only does sex generate stress through societal pressures and expectations, but stress itself profoundly disrupts this most intimate human function. For men, the shadow of stress can loom large in the bedroom, 
leading to premature ejaculation or difficulty in achieving an erection. Remember the parasympathetic autonomic nervous system, the body's way of applying the brakes to slow us down? Achieving an erection requires this state of relaxation, the antithesis of being stressed. Conversely, reaching an orgasm is fueled by an escalation in heart and breathing rate, a charge led by the sympathetic system. This delicate balance is why strategies such as deep breathing are recommended as a way to prolong pleasure as it activates the parasympathetic system. The psychological toll can multiply when erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation spiral into causes of stress themselves. This can catapult men into a feedback loop of performance anxiety, especially prevalent during already stressful times. For women, stress can wreak havoc on the secretion of estrogen, throwing menstrual cycles out of whack and diminishing sexual desire. Estrogen isn't just crucial for reproductive health, it heightens sensitivity in the genitals and in brain areas that light up with erotic thoughts. Typically, the body produces estrogen by transforming androgen. However, when the specter of chronic stress looms, this transformation process is halted, androgen levels rise, and a series of steps in the reproductive process are stymied. The repercussions of long-term stress on the body are profound, raising the question, how can we not only weather this storm but navigate through calmer waters? In the remaining sections, we'll explore strategies to harness our stress, mitigating its grip on our lives, and enhancing our capacity to embrace life's tapestry with resilience and equanimity. Part 8. Finding Equilibrium in a Sea of Stress The Art of Balancing Our Body's Stress Mechanisms Thus far, it's clear that the impact of stress on our lives is both varied and profound. It's like spotting just the icy crest of an iceberg, with a vast, hidden bulk of intricate effects lying beneath the surface. Scientific understanding of stress and the body's management of it has evolved significantly. The old view was based on the idea of homeostasis, the notion that bodily disruptions could be righted by a single localized fix. Imagine San Francisco in the midst of a drought. Adopting homeostasis would mean simply shrinking toilet tanks citywide and calling it a day. Yet, our body is more than a collection of isolated regions. It's a complex network where each component influences the others. Enter the concept of allostasis, which recognizes that the body maintains stability through a myriad of small, widespread adjustments. So, rather than just shrinking toilets, San Francisco would also encourage water-saving measures and import less water-intensive crops to address its water woes. These adjustments, which we see in an allostatic stress response, are multifaceted and reverberate through the body's varied functions. Achieving allostatic balance under a mild stream of stress hormones doesn't require much finesse. It's comparable to balancing two children on a seesaw. But when stress escalates and hormones flood our system, it's like trying to balance two elephants on that same seesaw. It's possible, yes, but it consumes a lot more energy, which could instead be directed toward vital body maintenance tasks like cellular repair and disease defense. Even the most careful balancing act with the metaphorical elephants will cause some damage. Because let's face it, they're just too big. It's a delicate juggling act. Addressing one serious issue in the body often leads to other imbalances. 
and it is here that we unearth why stress casts such a wide net across our lives, affecting sleep, memory, eating habits, growth, immunity, pregnancy, aging, and even addiction. Knowing this, the key to managing stress lies not in futile attempts to avoid it entirely, but in understanding and fine-tuning our body's response systems, striving for a harmonious balance amid life's inevitable pressures. Part 9. Steering Through Stress, Harnessing Autonomy and Fostering Connections In moments of stress, do you assert your independence and face the challenge head-on, or do you seek the solace of companionship? Both approaches have their merits, as they are vital in diminishing the weight of stress. Embracing responsibility in stressful circumstances can be empowering, allowing you to reclaim the steering wheel in your life's journey. Research in nursing homes has demonstrated the power of agency. When residents were involved in making daily decisions, from meal selection to choosing their schedules, the benefits were profound. Activity levels surged, happiness bloomed, and overall health improved. Mortality rates even plummeted by half throughout the study. A striking finding emerged. When the elderly were encouraged to tackle tasks, their health improved. But when tasks were completed for them, the opposite occurred. The lesson. Without genuine engagement and responsibility, the potential stress-buffering benefits couldn't take root. It's essential to distinguish when to tackle stress with actionable solutions and when to shift your perspective. Let's say you're worried about an upcoming exam. Beforehand, you can alleviate stress by studying. However, after the exam, if the grade isn't what you hoped, your power lies in reframing how you view the outcome, pivoting to reflect on the knowledge gained over the grade earned. Moreover, the exchange of social support is a formidable stress-fighting weapon. Having a confidant can bring comfort, but note that the act of offering support can be equally soothing. Think of married individuals. Oftentimes, they report better health than their single counterparts, benefiting from the reciprocal exchange of emotional sustenance. Those in professions like the judiciary or social services, who provide vital support to society and are held in high esteem, also enjoy better mental and physical health into their later years. This highlights the dual benefit of giving and receiving assistance, proposing a balanced, mutually supportive social ecosystem as a pathway to resilient health amidst life's stresses. Part 10. The Social Fabric of Stress. How our societal status shapes our health. Beyond the stress induced by immediate threats or anxiety-filled moments, there are systemic sources of tension that assert a relentless grip on individuals, and few are as persistent as the stress of poverty. The link between being poor and stress is multidimensional, with financial hardships seeding both physical strain and psychological distress. Jobs that demand hard labor, often coupled with tenuous employment security, leave the impoverished with little control over their work lives and ballooning stress levels. Moreover, with limited financial resources, the luxuries of leisure and relaxation that could mitigate stress, like vacations and hobbies, remain out of reach. This continuous state of financial strain has a marked impact on health, predisposing individuals to stress-related illnesses that can persist long after escaping the clutches of poverty. This enduring effect became apparent 
in a study of elderly nuns who had shared identical living conditions for 50 years. It was their early life circumstances that dictated their health in later years, spotlighting the long shadow that poverty casts. Yet the health implications of socioeconomic status extend beyond the actuality of being poor. Perceived poverty, the subjective assessment of one's own wealth in relation to peers, can sling the same harmful arrows of stress as actual poverty. It's about subjective socioeconomic status, which measures how individuals rate their standard of living and financial security against those of their neighbors and friends. Research in the wealthiest quartile of the globe underscores an intriguing reality. Once a person achieves a baseline standard of living that ensures well-being, additional wealth has a diminished effect on stress levels. Instead, it's the comparative financial lens through which individuals view themselves amongst their social circle that truly governs the ebb and flow of stress. Understanding the intricate interplay between socioeconomic factors and stress underscores how deeply woven into the societal tapestry our personal health can be, shining a light on the importance of broader community-level actions to alleviate the pressures that compromise our collective well-being. Part 11. Unraveling Wealth and Well-Being. How Inequality Impacts the Health of Communities. We've learned that socioeconomic status can profoundly influence individual health, but what happens when we expand our lens to entire communities? What factors can foster a more healthful society, transcending the wealth-health sempiternal link? One critical factor is the notion of social capital. Like its financial counterpart, social capital is a currency. Only this one comprises the network of support and connections available to individuals in times of need. This could involve helpful neighbors, accessible community services, or robust family ties. In places where social capital runs high, isolation is rare, and the benefits are tangible. A smoother flow of health information, enhanced safety feelings, and mitigated psychological stress. You can gauge a community's social capital by looking at voter participation. A strong sense of community and agency often propels individuals to engage in civic life, reflecting a belief in the power of collective action at all levels. Conversely, income inequality can erode a community's health profile across the board. A correlation emerges as income disparities within a locale widen, mortality rates tend to climb, cutting across demographics and geographic scopes. Consider the United States, a country of colossal wealth yet stark economic divides. Its life expectancy lags behind that of Canada, where wealth is more evenly distributed. And the health dividends of equality are not reserved for the disadvantaged alone. In societies with narrower income gaps, improved health outcomes grace both the well-endowed and the financially constrained. The affluent find themselves less embattled, freed from the need to insulate themselves behind exclusive enclaves and institutions, while those at the lower end of the economic spectrum are not relegated to the periphery, but instead supported and included. Poverty and the ensuing stress resonate beyond an individual's bank balance. They speak to the essence of a society willing to neglect the well-being of many for the prosperity of a few, an ethos that breeds distrust, hostility, and societal disarray, 
ultimately manifesting as both psychological and physical stress for all its members, rich and poor alike. Final Summary Stress, an evolutionary tool honed for survival, has morphed into a persistent threat in our contemporary lives. It's no longer just about fight or flight in the face of immediate peril, but also about the wear and tear of daily hassles, hypothetical worries, and the ceaseless pace of modern existence. Our bodies, finely tuned to respond to predators and environmental threats, are now bombarded with chronic tensions from emails, financial concerns, and social pressures, stimuli for which evolution hasn't prepared us. This relentless stress has far-reaching consequences, insidiously undermining our health by straining the heart, muddling the mind, and even dulling the delights of intimacy. Moreover, it exposes the stark disparity between the haves and have-nots, demonstrating how societal constructs like poverty and income inequality exacerbate stress to the detriment of community health and individual well-being. Understanding and managing stress have thus become paramount for our collective health. It's not about eradicating the stressors that are part and parcel of life, but about cultivating strategies to mitigate their impact, fostering resilience, autonomy, social networks, and societal equality. Navigating stress in the 21st century demands both personal agency and a commitment to redefining the societal norms that dictate stress distribution. Only then can we hope to reclaim our health and vitality in an age defined by its unprecedented pressures. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.